Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a beautiful day. We're gonna, it's that time of year. Everything's starting to warm up, and uh, I'm glad. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just open our hearts to your word this morning. Feed us, Lord. Strengthen us. Encourage us. Let your word have its work in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start this morning in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. I was praying this week. I do that every once in a while. <laughs> and this, this thought kept coming to me. Jesus is the word of God. A week, when we say the word of God, we usually think about the Bible. But it's both. The word is a person as well as what's written down. And for some reason, that's stirring in me. And it's causing me to have a different, uh, a little bit different perspective of my Bible. Because Jesus is the word of God. He's, he wasn't Jesus when he was in heaven before he came to earth. He was the son of God. He became Jesus when he took a body and walked on the earth. But in him the fullness of deity. I mean it's amazing. When you stop and think, this man was walking on the earth. The Bible says in Colossians 2.9, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's amazing. The human, the human body can contain all the deity of God and still function. I was thinking of that episode where Jesus cast the demons out of the, out of the, the man who had a legion. Remember he went, he said, what's your name to this one demon-possessed man? He said, dealing with him. He said, what's your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And I looked it up in, in the internet, in the ultimate authority, Wikipedia, and uh, it says a Roman legion, it varied at different times. It, it wasn't always the same, but it basically it's 5,000 5, men. And I thought, that much demonic power can reside inside of someone's body, and they still function, function to some degree. But the fullness of deity dwelled in Jesus when he walked the earth. I just some scriptures just like they just kind of blow me away. And listen, it says, and in Hebrews one, Hebrews one three, it says, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. So you want to know what God is like? Look at what Jesus. He is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. 
the Word of God is not just the Bible. The Word of God is a person. I don't know why that's hitting me, but it is. In Revelation, and you, and you always will be. In Revelation chapter 19, and I saw, verse 11, and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except he himself, and he is clothed in a robe dipped with blood, and his name is called the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He always will be the Word of God. He is the Logos. In the scriptures, <clears throat> in the New Testament, there's two, two words that, that are translated word. Two Greek words that are translated word, if you follow what I'm saying. One is Logos, and the other one is Rhema. Logos is the, is the revealed will of God. And that's what, when, when John says, in the beginning was the word, he was the revealed will of God. Rhema is a spoken word. It's a word that God gives you for a specific situation, for, to bring about a specific victory. In Matthew 4 and verse 4, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, he said, man shall not, he said, turn, this, turn these stones into bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by, word, by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema. It, rhema brings life to you. It's, it's like a, someone said, you know, it's a scripture that some people say kind of jumped off the pages. For a particular situation, you need a particular, a particular word to, to get victory. And this is what Vines, I love, I love a, a Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. Takes a long time to say that. I wish, but this, this is what Vine says: the significance of Rhema, as distinct from Logos, is exemplified in the Scripture in Ephesians six seventeen, to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here, the reference is not the whole Word of God, but to an individual Scripture which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for use in a time of need. So God brings a particular scripture to your mind and you, you take that and you fight with it with Jesus. But then it says this, a prerequisite being the regular storing of the mind with scripture. So you gotta, you got to put something in to get something out. Amen. you got to take your Bible and read it. Now, I don't know, I don't, I'm always telling people you need to read your Bible from cover to cover because the Bible says man shall not live by bread by every word. There's, you know, there's even something in Leviticus for us. Not that we have to follow it, but there's something that will feed your spirit. When you, when you read your Bible, it feeds your spirit. I remember, well, I, tell you, I remember when, I got, when I got saved, we, we had just come back from Thailand. We spent a year, just about a year in Thailand. We came back from Thailand. We were in, we were in Florida, <clears throat> in Panama, Panama City, Florida. Actually, we lived on the other side in Mexico Beach. Remember that hurricane that went through there? What was it Mike? Something big hurricane and flattened everything. Well, that's where we used to. That's where we lived. We go into this little Methodist church. I think I could have probably fit the whole church into this sanctuary. Little Methodist church, and the pastor was a, a a layman named Charlie Parker. I've shared this before, but how many how many know what I'm talking about? Two. Okay, I'll share it with the rest of you. I catch you all up. 
So Charlie Parker was a lay minister. He wasn't even ordained me. He was a lay minister in the Methodist church. And he, he said to me one, after I'd been going there, my, my wife, my wife was saved before me. She was going to church. She kept inviting me to church. And one Sunday I went. I, don't, I couldn't explain why I did, but I went. And uh, after we, we were getting ready, to, we were just a couple weeks from getting ready to leave to come up here. Charlie, after the service, Charlie Parker said to me, he said, Ned, I got to ask you something. I said, okay. He said, if you died tonight, you know for sure you'd go to heaven. And I, I just paused. And I don't know how to explain it, but a, a warmth, just a warmth came all over my body. And I said, yes. And I didn't know why I could say it, but I knew I could. So subsequent to that, I, I began to have this, this almost an insatiable desire to read the word of God. You know why? Because I, I'd been born again. I was like a baby. I was hungry. And the word of God was, was food. The word of God feeds your spirit man. The word of God, but that's, what, that's what it says in, in, in 1 Peter. That we need to long for the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So that's why, that's why it's so important to read your word. I've, I'm concerned that so many Christians uh, look a little bit anorexic on the inside. Because they're not, they're not putting the word in. They're not feeding themselves with the word of God. The word of God will feed you. It'll strengthen you. It, it, it'll build you up. It'll cause you to be strong. It'll give you wisdom in your life. It'll cause you to be victorious over the forces of the enemy. But the word is not just the, not just the scriptures. It's a person. And it will do, and it is the scriptures. It's both. And it will do what, it'll do its work in us if we allow it. In 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says in verse 2.13, For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. The word of God is supposed to do something on the inside of us. The Bible likens a word to a seed, you got to plant it, and then you got to resist the, the things that come to, to take that away from you or to cause you to cause it not to come to fruit. But if you take that word and you put it in your spirit and you hold firm, it'll produce something. It'll produce in you exactly what the word says it will. If it's, if it's a word of salvation, it'll produce salvation. If it's a word of healing, it'll produce healing. If it's a word of deliverance, it'll produce deliverance. If it's a word of provision, it'll produce provision. The word is alive. It's alive. It's alive. And Jesus and the word agree. <clears throat> the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, your word is set in heaven. The word, is, the word is the truth. It brings the truth. People want to say, no, we can do what we want to do. No, you can't. Well, you can, but you're foolish if you do. Because God wants to do a work in us to conform us to his image and make us different than the people in the world and bring a message of salvation to them. So I just want to look at just a few things where the word, the word Jesus and the word the scriptures agree. And they should because they're both the word. For example, the first primary thing the word will do for you is bring you salvation. The Bible says you are not born again with seed that is perishable, but by the 
by the seed of the word of God. In Acts chapter 4, in verse, when the apostles were being threatened by this, by the Jewish leaders, they said in verse 12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. There's one name that will get you saved, the name of Jesus. You have to believe. You have to, if you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. With the mouth confesses unto righteousness. With the heart man believes unto salvation. Salvation is one, it comes from one person, one person alone, and that's Jesus. It's not what you've done. It's not how many times you've been to church. It's not how many people you've helped. There's one way to God, and that's Jesus. But you have to humble yourself. The last Wednesday, we talked about humility. Humility is such a key to being successful with God. You've got to humble yourself under his mighty hand. God says he's opposed to the, God, he, God says he's opposed to the proud. I don't want God. That's the last thing I would want is God being opposed to me because of my pride and my arrogance. You have to be, you have to be humble and accept and say, yes, George, I'll confess my sins before you. I, I will confess you as Lord of my life. I want to be born again. I want to make sure I go to heaven. And you can go, but there's only one way to go, and that's through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one way to heaven. <clears throat> and so, well, I believe, I believe I can find my own way. No, you can't. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus himself. If Jesus was walking on the earth today, he'd say to every one of us exactly what he said to Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, he said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. I know you're religious. I know you're a religious leader. I know you're doing your best to walk in holiness and follow the law, but you need to be born again in order to go to heaven. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's to say, if Jesus washed the earth today, he'd say the same things to us that he said to 2,000 years ago because he doesn't change. So there's salvation in his name. And thank God there is a way to heaven. And that is to confess Jesus, to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to surrender, be humble, and take his word and have it bless you. There's also healing in the word of God. The word of God brings healing. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the rest of, keep them in the, in the, in the rest of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. The word of God is life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. You know, when you want to know about if Jesus is a healer, it says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 30, when Peter was preaching to it at the house of Cornelius, he said, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just read the scriptures. It'll show you what Jesus is like. He's a, he healed, he healed all, everyone that came to him for, for healing, he healed. He never, he never turned one away. When he sent others out to proclaim the kingdom of God, he always sent them with healing power and to cast out demons. In Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, 
he declares, God himself declares that he's a healing God. We said, for I, the Lord, am your healer. And the word, Jesus, Jesus is a healer, and the word agrees. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, by his stripes we're healed. So there's healing in the word, but you've got to get those healing scriptures in because you get plant those healing seeds and then let the healing come in Jesus' name. It'll come. It'll come, it'll come, it'll come because of life. there's life in the word. There's life in that seed. Put that seed in. See, so you take, take whatever you need. If you need finances, find some scriptures about God being a provider and just put them in and put them in and feed on them and let that grow inside of you. Become, you become so full of faith you can't, you can't, you can't doubt if you try. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be aggressive. Take the word and use it. Confess it and let it do its work in you who believe. Jesus, there's salvation in Jesus. There's salvation in the word of God. There's healing. I'll, I'll just have to say, you know, I see it in the word. I'm not going to change what I believe. But the, what frustrates me a little bit is that I see in the first church an abundance of signs and wonders, healings and miracles. And I don't see it in the church today like I want to see it. I believe there's more for us. And I'm going after it in Jesus' name. I'm confessing the word. The Bible says, with great signs and wonders, the, the, the apostles were bearing witness of the resurrection with healing and miracles. Listen to what Paul says. He's writing to the church at Corinth and he says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of God, on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. God wants, our, God wants to have faith that he is a healer, that there's nothing too difficult for him. That he'll heal us, spirit, soul, and body. He'll renew you, make you strong, and bless you. And so the apostles, in the book of Acts, throughout the book of Acts, it says that Jesus, that the apostles were healing and blessing people with great signs and wonders. And, in Galatians, and again in Galatians chapter 3, the apostle said to the Galatian church, so then does he who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He was working miracles in the Corinthian church. He's working miracles in the Galatian church. Why? Because he's a miracle working God. And he'll do it for us if we'll believe him. I think sometimes we need to be a little bit more aggressive in our faith and go after some things. Say, they're mine in Jesus' name. I'm not, I'm not going to just say, oh, well, if I don't get it, I'm going to fight for it. Same way I'd fight for whatever is mine, rightfully mine. And finally, I just want to look at holiness for a little bit because it's a key. Holiness is a key. We need to walk in holiness. We need to walk in the fear of the Lord for the promises of God to come into our life. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15 that Jesus, that he was in always tempted yet without sin. He was holy and righteous. That's his nature. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse 14, pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no man will see the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes, you shall be holy for I am holy, says the Lord. 
God's calling us to holiness. So we, something we have to just go after. God, show me how to live my life before you, that I, that I walk in holiness all the days of my life. One of my favorite scriptures is in Romans 6.14. It says, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. <coughs> Excuse me. God's called us to be a holy people. And if we're, not, if we're not walking in holiness or desire, or you don't have to be perfect, but you have to, but God sees my heart. God knows whether I'm attempting to, whether I'm pursuing holiness or not. I want to be holy because I don't want anything in, my, in the way to keep the promises of God from coming into my life. I want, to, I want to love God. I want to love people. I want to be the person he's called me to be. I want to be, I want to walk in humility. I want to walk in holiness before God. I want to love people so that God can do in me what he wants to do and bring the promises of God. The word of God, I, I just have a different kind of a, I don't know how to say it. I have a different respect. I don't know if that's the right word. But I have a different feeling toward this Bible because I know it's not, it's not just words written on a page. It's the expression of Jesus. Jesus is the word. This is the word. Go after it in Jesus' name. His blessings in here for us if we'll go after it. And, it, and it's, for every, it's for everyone who believes. Just do it and see what happens in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, thank you, Jesus, you're the word. But I thank you for the word of God, our Bibles, that are written for us. To have the promises of God, to know we're going to heaven. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.